This is the Trivium Dad Podcast. My name is Nick, and this is our very first episode. Dearest listeners, I'm here to ask for your support. Not your financial support. It would be nice if you could donate because it would help support the Trivium Dad podcast and Upward Enrichment Service. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, then leave a review because it will help other people find the show. And two, tell a friend about the show or better yet, tell a bunch of friends. Thank you. This program may contain strong language and topics that might not be suitable for all listeners. Well, I'm pretty excited. This is something I always wanted to do for a very long time. I just didn't have the technical skills, didn't know what I really wanted to talk about. So to, you know, figure this out, to decide what equipment do I need to buy? What do I need to talk about? Who is going to be my audience? I started to just go into researching, taking my time to uh, assess uh, what would be figuring out what I could do to get this podcast going. And the first thing I started to figure out was what was I going to name this podcast? That became kind of a struggle because I came up with a couple names. Initially, I wanted to just call it the Nick Jones Show, but it seemed kind of arrogant. So I started to think maybe uh, why not just try for Agile Dad? I do always feel like I'm nimble, that I'm always uh, moving around and trying to do my best when it comes to my three children. Found out that podcast was taken Looking at it, I know it's a good show. Listen to one or two of the podcasts. I came up, I guess, three times the charm and came up with Trivium Dad. Just looking at the word Trivium kind of made sense, especially uh, it derives from Latin. It means three roads come together. You know, figured I have three children. This is the third name that I came up with the podcast. Uh, let's go with it. So hopefully this becomes catchy. Hopefully my audience can understand why I chose that name. So when I started to look for the equipment I wanted to buy, I I didn't know how to mix. I'm not an audio technician. Then I found a shout out to Tom Buck and the Enthusiasm Project. Because when I was uh, looking at YouTube, he did this great, review on the Rodecaster Pro. I got to tell you, when I ordered it, I kind of went on eBay. I saw, caught a good deal on it, saved 50 bucks, figured why not? Let me get it. And then I started to just, you know, buy the equipment, the microphone, the cables. Took a while to play around with it, but it's like an all-in-one podcast system. Definitely check out that video from Tom Buck and the Enthusiasm Project because he did a great job. He definitely convinced me to get it. 
I guess it just took away all of the things I didn't need to think about. I didn't want to do any post-production. I just wanted to just do this podcast, whatever errors that I make, I'm just going for it. No post-production. This is how it's going to be. Uh, During the pandemic, I just had more time to reflect. I started a company, Upward Enrichment Service, and I will go into more detail about that shortly. But during the pandemic, I just started to say, you know, I I know what my passion is. I want to help parents find the best children programs, to find the best programs, no matter what their socioeconomic bracket is. To reach a wider audience, to bring awareness, I started this company one year ago. So, you know, I just need to find a, a medium in which I could, you know, share what I'm trying to do. Don't get me wrong. I This podcast, I'm not going to, I'm kind of like the analytics guy. Um, I like to look at numbers. That's one of my strengths, but I'm not going to be stressing out on how many people are viewing this podcast, uh, how many people are listening. To me, more so, I want to just have fun with this, just to you know, reach out of my comfort zone because I'm more of an introvert. So seeing a microphone in front of me, knowing when I remember getting stage frights, I've done, I would say, at least a thousand presentations. If it's not in classrooms or talking to students, you know, I never got the butterflies out of my system. This to me is just, you know, I want to try something new, try this podcast and see how it goes. A little bit about me. I was born in 1980. I grew up as a 90s kid and my parents You know, they were immigrants. They came from Guyana in 1976. And they were trying to make a life like any other immigrants coming in um, from any other country, you know, to do their best to provide not only for themselves, but for, for me. 1980, my parents, they worked, they worked hard. My mom worked in a factory. My dad, he, he had... He had the best of luck. He could just find any job. I guess he just had that charisma and personality and he just knew how to talk to people. So he were, you know, he worked in retail and he just bounced around. But anytime came about, he was able to get hired. And eventually my parents bought a house. I think the house cost close to $40,000 back in 1979. Which, if you think about it, you say, wow, 40000 for a house. If you live in New York, you could only dream for a house for 40000 But again, when you kind of adjust the 40000 it would be more like three hundred, three hundred and fifty k. But that was a big number back then, 40000 You know, they had me, and we pretty much struggled. I remember, you know, the house, it was, it was pretty much, you know, you needed to do remodeling, but couldn't afford remodeling. We lived in it um, the way it was. It was pretty, you know, I, even in my childhood memory, it was my home. I loved the home, but my home was really ugly. <laughs> it had had these, had just this wallpaper that was peeling out. I remember uh, the neighborhood wasn't that good as well um, back then. So 
I remember walking from school and you would see like crack vials on the streets. It was, it was, uh, it was pretty interesting being raised, but I remember, you know, my parents, I didn't have name brand clothes. You know, we didn't know what cable TV was, but the paradox was my parents, they put away money so I could attend Catholic school. I went to St. Teresa of Avila. I was very fortunate because what I learned in Catholic school was, you know, the core values of respect, integrity, just being humble and kind. And those were the keys that I took away from Catholic school, because I think the curriculum between Catholic and public is pretty much the same. I think public school has uh, more of a budget in which they could invest in the children. I remember Catholic schools, I had to always sell candy to help because I, I kind of put two and two together. That was helping the revenue of the Catholic school to put money in the coffers, so to speak. But, you know, growing up in the 90s, you know, it was, you know, you had the Nintendo, you had the Sega Genesis. But kids, you know, my friends and I, I met all my friends just playing on the street. On my block, we used to play baseball. We would put a two by four by a garage and my friends and I, we would, you know, if you hit a home run, that's going over the telephone line about 50 yards over. Next block was a basketball court. So somebody would just bring out their basketball rim on the street and we would get it going. And also on my street too, we used to play tag football. It was great times. I mean, kids just, children just, you know, were playing. They weren't in the house or in the park or they were just socializing. And I value those times. We're in a time now, I don't have to tell you, where it's just technology just dominates everything. You know, I remember my children, they they had a phone in their hands when they were two years old. I was actually teaching them their ABCs and pronunciation and, you know, trying to, you know, like any parent trying to do my best to help them succeed and to help them acclimate when they go to school, you know, with kids being in the house playing video games, they don't get to enjoy, I guess what I did with many kids I knew had just making friends and having these conversations. It leaves an indelible mark in your mind, a fondness that I think you can't get just staying in the house. You know, with this pandemic, with COVID-19 just running rapidly through the U.S. and globally, you know, you just see it. The kids are just itching to do something. It's just, they're so bored, I guess, just like adults. We want to go out. We want to have some fun, but we just can't because it's, you know, better to be safe than sorry. You know, to speak about my children, I have three beautiful children. I have a 14-year-old boy. I have a 12-year-old son. And I also have a nine-year-old son. You know, the most valuable things I could ever have, nothing of material really matters. Like, 
just working in essence is just to pay the bills and to just make sure you could just give what you can to your children to provide safety, to provide a home, to provide food, and to provide uh, what you can to make them happy. So I told you I attended Catholic school and I told you a little bit about my childhood. And really it was, you know, just being around people. My education is I went to CUNY. I've earned a bachelor's degree in criminal justice. And I went on to earn a master's degree in public administration. And during that time, I got my first job at CUNY. Everything revolves around CUNY, (laughs) the City University of New York in 2004. I started off in a CUNY CAP program, which was a counselor assistance program uh, for the SEEK program. SEEK is a HEOP program. It really serves underprivileged youths that don't, you know, their families come from lower incomes. It tries to provide the resources so that they could attend college, pay their tuition, have additional tutoring support, computer labs. Without the SEEK program, I know I kind of digressed a little bit. I don't know if I would have got through college, especially the first two years in which I was on academic probation. I had a 1.9 GPA, and I didn't think I was going to make it. I just didn't understand college. I was a first generation college student. And what that means is I was the first one to go in my family. My mom, she had a fourth grade education. My father, perhaps the same, but they were smart. They were smarter than me, but you can't judge people based on education and you know what degrees they got. When it comes to, you know, getting through the first two years, it was like a light switch. I started to figure it out after my sophomore year. I remember being in probation, being in the classroom. I didn't really remember what the person was saying. I know she was just probably going through the motions because she'd probably done that hundreds of times. But I started to realize I needed to step it up. I needed to hit the switch and, and you know, try to have better study skills, try to apply myself because I really wasn't applying myself. I just wanted to hang out with my friends, you know, after class. I wanted to, just wanted to have fun. I was so tired of school. I realized if I don't pick my grades up, I was done. I think partially, I I know I'm 100% accountable when it's all said and done. But when my father died in 2001, I think that because that kind of put me out mentally, physically for six months because I was, I love my dad. I was really attached. That was the man in my life (laughs) and not having him 
was was uh, just thinking about it now kind of brings back a sorrow. Not sure. I can't find the words, but I think, you know, people can relate when you lose somebody you care about a great deal just brings you into a place that just never imagined. But nevertheless, I, the last two years of college, my junior and senior year, I did figure it out. Ran straight A's. Eventually brought my GPA up to a 2.8 and graduated. I know my mom was proud. That was, uh, you know, that was a great achievement for her. And I I was just kind of like exhausted. (laughs) That was, you know, in retrospect, that was a big deal. And because of that degree, I was able to get that CUNY cap position. I guess because, you know, I knew how to talk to people. I knew, I just, just not, I didn't have the charisma or anything. I'm not the most, I'm more of a robot, (laughs) you know, I'm kind of stiff, but I guess people just like me. They just know that I uh, get the job done, that I don't give you that fluff, but I'm not going to be the one to make you feel um, that you don't want to work for me. I could always collaborate with people. I could always say the right things. If it was in meetings or presentations or the tone of my email. And I had a lot of great mentors. So it wasn't me. I'm not a self-made man. There was a lot of people that, contributed their time and their effort, gave me pep talks, told me, remember this one guy, Tim Johnson, he said, Nick, don't skip lunch. I see you skipping lunch. Don't skip lunch. You need to take lunch because if you don't, you're not going to be as productive as you probably think you are. (laughs) But it was just a lot of good people looking out from Diane Wormsley, Dr. Lalanne, Jerry Postman. And I share this long-winded story just to let you know that I came a long way. Uh, Currently, I'm a middle manager in CUNY. You know, I'm responsible for the day-to-day operations. So that's what I do in a day. And I think a couple years back, I'm thinking more like 2016, I took my son's to karate. Shout out to Sensei Ren Whiskey at Dynamic Martial Arts Academy in Jamaica, Queens. He is a great person, not just a martial artist, but person. And when you talk about pep talks and motivation and inspiring not only the children that he speaks to, but the parents that are in the chairs waiting uh, for the class to end. Great guy. When I was sitting in that chair, watching my kids go through their karate lessons, started to think, wow, you know, a lot of kids you know, don't have this opportunity. Their parents are paying rent, paying another bill is not 
It's not a luxury. I, I'm fortunate to, you know, have a way to put my children in karate. And that's when I came up. That's when a spark lit. Like, why don't I create a company to help uh, parents find programs that are affordable, that are high quality? And as I started to write the business plan with my partner, Ramsey Kennedy, big, a big contributor to the Upward Enrichment Service from the start. Ramsey was somebody that that worked and currently works with me, but he came in as a kid and I would I always wanted to pass, send the elevator back down. So as I remembered all the people that mentored me, I would sit down with Ramsey for a half hour, maybe 15 minutes to a half hour, and we would just talk based on the books that I was reading, based on how to be a professional, how to, you know, what's the next step after the bachelor's degree. I'm like, you got to go get the master's. We would talk about a plethora of topics. And one day as we were going through our mentoring, mentoree conversation, I was like, hey, Ramsey, I got this great idea. Well, I think it's great, but I want you to see if you can shoot it down. And I started to talk about upward enrichment service. Well, we didn't, I didn't have the name done, but I was talking about the ideal. You know, I think this is where I want to go. I want to take, you know, some of my savings and I want to start this company. And we started to write the, the business plan as we started to write the business plan, because it's, it's easy to talk about something, but when you start to put it on paper, you start to really see all of the nuances, all of, all of the details. And as we, we continue to write, as we continue to talk, I just knew, just started to fall in love with this concept. Then we just hit the road running, starting with the LLC process, making this a legit company, um, filing all the paperwork, paying all the fees, <laughs> and just having to wait until everything was in place. And that was February of last year that we started and I believe the LLC was up and running March 1st, officially. Yeah, it's just, just thinking back of the process. It was, you know, we've learned so much from just doing this business, you know, just starting this business. I have no business experience. I have managerial experience, but I don't know how to be an entrepreneur Ramsey studied business administration, but to take the theoretical and to make it practical, it's a different story. So we're, I, I would say we're both very talented individuals, but we've learned a lot in the process. 
from creating the website, which I feel a certain type of way about. You know, we paid close to $900 for the website. It's a WordPress website. And I think that was really where we started to, you know, find some hiccups based on the person that we worked with. Not to say that the person didn't do a good job, but it seemed like we put in more work than the person that was actually designing it. So it just didn't leave a good taste in my mouth. I know I would talk to Ramsey about this last year, but you know, we just got to keep grinding and moving. And we started to hit the phones. You know, we put together a list. Ramsey and I would be up one, two o'clock in the morning, just working on this spreadsheet of who we wanted to get in touch with, who we wanted to, you know, start to work with. And we came up with a list and we wanted to reach out. So I want to talk about the mission of Upward Enrichment Service. Our mission is to enrich lives through collaborative partnership. We want all children to have the opportunity to enroll in enrichment activities that nurture their intellectual, physical, and emotional growth through the use of teamwork, exercise, critical thinking, and discipline. By doing so, regardless of race, ethnicity, and income level, all children will gain skills and confidence to strive towards their goals and aspirations. The problem that we want to address are time and access. Regarding the former, parents are extremely busy managing their personal and professional lives. I know. (laughs) And may not have the opportunity to research programs geared towards their children's interests. Secondly, we understand that tuition costs may not be an affordable option. We developed Upward Enrichment Service to drive down the costs and conduct extensive research to present multiple enrichment options. The partnerships that we build, develop, and strengthen will offer a myriad of enrichment activities for a fraction of the cost to hardworking parents. We believe that structure Enrichment programs provide children a different method of learning not found in the classroom setting. The lessons not taught in school, ranging from emotional intelligence, soft skills, etiquette, and technical, are essential in preparing children and becoming responsible adults. As a result, we meticulously select enrichment programs that have a good reputation, proven results, and established faculty. In our customizable reports, we provide parents the best enrichment activity options. The results will be measured by developing children that are respectful, disciplined, excel in their academics, and have a charitable and good Hearted nature. So, as you could tell, I was reading off of a piece of paper 
you could tell that was kind of robotic, but that, you know, kind of serves to what it took to even write that mission statement. That wasn't something that you could copy and paste. That's something that took a lot of thinking, a lot of manpower to really encompass what we're trying to do. I could tell you this. I'm not in this for the money. The money just helps with the operation. I'm in this to make a difference. You know, when they give my eulogy one day, I want whoever's up at the podium to say, you know, that guy gave it a shot. He wanted to help, you know, make a small change in his community. A community where he used to walk the streets and see crack files on the sidewalk. A community that that he loves, that he knows that there's so much potential. I don't know it all. Parents, there's a lot of smarter people than me. There's got to be a lot of smarter people than me. I just want to contribute. I'm not here to tell you how to raise your child. You know how to do that. I just want to be a resource. I don't know it all. I don't claim to know it all, but I do know something. And I know I'm a dedicated father. I do my best for my children. I've learned a lot of life lessons the hard way when it comes to parenting. So you can read all the books you want, but if you haven't walked the path, it's a totally different story. So I just want to help provide some clarity, uh, a way for people to connect. I want to work with businesses because right now small businesses are getting demolished. I'm one of them <laughs> to just help let it be a win-win even for the businesses that they have more clients walking into their businesses. They're given discounts. So not only is the parents benefiting from the discounts and the tuition, but that's just another client for the business. So, you know, trying to be that nexus between business and parents is, you know, we were doing great our first year. A lot of people, you know, were, I wouldn't say cynical, but they were suspicious because, you know, how could you trust us? You don't know us. So if we're calling or emailing, I mean, I'm like that too. Like, why are you reaching out to me? Are you trying to take my money, trying to hustle me? And the first person that gave us an opportunity was Samantha Joseph. I'll I'll never forget this. And we had a conversation on the phone and I told her what I was trying to do. And as we continue to talk, she started to say, yes, get what you're trying to do. And I got invited to Teen Steam. It was in the Microsoft building on 42nd Street. And, you know, I came up to the table. I had a banner. 
I had weak marketing uh, promotional items. <laughs> I didn't pay the money. I was being cheap. Later on in the year, I did get more professional marketing brochures, but you know, it just I started to meet people. I started to realize, you know what? I'm con- I'm going to continue to do my best to make this to make this company work. Through 2019, I attended 17 events throughout the city with my partner Ramsey Kennedy. You know, people loved the concept. They loved what we were trying to do. A lot of people, you know, they didn't tell me it was a bad idea. I was like, be honest, like, am I doing something right? Or is this going to be, you know, a flop? And people were just giving us great feedback. Like, I get what you guys are trying to do. We're down to support you. You know, follow us on social media. Check out our website. Stuff like that. But it's just that we're just not visible yet. But the first year was great. We started. We got 10 partners. I know I was, I was, I was like, wow, we, we got it. We just got to keep grinding. We just got to keep being relentless because we knew this was a great idea. It's still a great idea. We love this idea. COVID-19 hit and it just killed all the momentum because our lifeblood is meeting people. And without having these events happening throughout New York City, without having an opportunity to market, kind of deflated our first year. But, you know, I, I don't think I would have been able to do this podcast. I would have never thought of, wow, I have the time now. From my day job, I'm working remotely. So I don't have a two-hour commute uh, going back and forth. You know, I definitely have a lot more energy. And currently recording right now, today is August 6th, and it's 11.50 in the night. But I met a lot of great people. Yovan, shout out, Chelsea Summer Kickoff. From that event that we attended in, I believe it was late June, I met Ifiani from New York Life, and we started to, you know, develop a friendship. I guess with all my partners, kind of is cliche, but they're so smart, they're so ambitious, and they're so young. <laughs> I'm 39, and you know, most of my partners are younger than me. They're just bright. Ifiani, he. We went to dinner one night with his lovely wife and we started to talk, you know, how, how I could, you know, make this company better. And he even introduced me to his boss and everything was going great. And just to be able to talk to all of, all of my partners and just to get ideas, just to share knowledge and yeah, when when I went to Yovan's event, because he's trying to make a difference in Chelsea, in his community, 
He had his first summer kickoff this year, would have been his second, but I know he can't do it. He's trying to help children in his community. Efiani and everybody, it just, it just started to connect. And what I was doing, I was hitting the ground running last year. Not only was I making the cold calls, sending emails, but I was in my car, went to Staples, got that orange folder, put our marketing materials in. I was driving to businesses. They weren't open. I was dropping it off. I have this car. It's a 1999 Acro RL. And I had an exhaust leak. So I found this place. I Googled it because <laughs> I like the reviews. And they said it was affordable. So I Googled it. I went there. I was getting my car fixed, but I got bored because it was going to take an hour and a half. They had to get the parts. If you have a car and you take it to a place and they say they got to get the parts, expect to wait. (laughs) I walked around the area, I would say a mile radius, and I came across Khan's Taekwondo. It wasn't open. But I didn't, you know, I didn't go there to the market. I can't, I went there to, mar- you know, fix my car. But I wrote on the back of my business card, love to start a partnership. You know, this is old school. Like, this is not sending an email. This is like writing a quick note. And I slid it under the door. Mr. Kahn called me back the same day. And we started to talk. And I eventually drove. 10 o'clock in the night to his business. I went with my wife and he just, he just, we just liked each other. He just knew I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do anything shady. He knew I was a man that what I say is what it is. And he was the same way. And he, this is, this is a guy that, you know, you could you automatically respect when you you start talking to him. A humble guy, very soft spoken, but you kind of know you don't want to mess with him, right? <laughs> Seventh degree. I forgot the term. It's a black belt, but I forgot what the actual term is. But he could he could take you out quick <laughs> if he wants to. And I think the one common thread with all of my partners is that they're just great people. Same thing with Yumi and Ace Academics. I remember driving, sliding my my actual marketing collateral under the door. She emailed me at midnight. I emailed her back five minutes later. And she kind of knew I was serious after I did that. And we started talking. Ashley at Kiko Studios. You know, when it comes to music, piano, guitar, you know, Ashley, Ashley is an entrepreneur, very young, decided she wanted to open up Kiko Studios in the community. And again, sharp, sharp person, knows what she wants and wants to get it just hungry. You know, one of the biggest milestones when it came to partnerships was when 
we started to form a relationship with the Hall of Science in Queens. If you're not from New York, if you're not from Queens, New York, you know the Hall of Science is one of the premier museums. It's up there with natural history, with MoMA, the Guggenheim. And when we were able to attend their STEM events, their high school events, we went there four times. We knew we had something because not only did the Hall of Science want us there, or we were privileged to be at the Hall of Science. Let me rephrase that. But when we met with people, Again, they were just loving this idea, this concept, and what we were trying to do. And being a father, kind of add another caveat to it. Like, you don't, I guess people don't kind of think that a father would start something like this. But when they start to say, okay, you got three kids and you're doing this, and you're trying to do something positive, you know, people start to look at you different. I've done where I went to political meetings just to sit if it's not community boards or at the time, Melinda Katz would have open sessions just to, you know, do my best to just get seen, get known, get heard. So, regardless of the setback with the pandemic, I have no doubt that Upward Enrichment Service will start to make headway. And if it wasn't for the pandemic, I don't think I would have had the time to do the research to start the Trivium Dad podcast. So the pandemic afforded enough time to acquire equipment, to learn and to continue to learn what it takes to make a podcast. And to continue to do this medium. I don't know what's going to happen with the podcast. I hope it you know, reaches one person. I just, again, I just kind of think this is so cool. This is episode one. This is... This is, uh, I'm excited. I mean, I've been working all day and I still, my energy level, my adrenaline is still up there. I care, I care about this. I want this to work. So the next episode, you know, there will be more of an opportunity if you know I want to try to start to interview some of my partners 
I have to make some phone calls to try to see, you know, if they're receptive to it. I think with the Rodecaster Pro, what's kind of cool is that you could call in. So, you know, you don't have to be face-to-face connecting a mic. I could be on the mic and they could call in and whoever's listening to this podcast could get to learn who I'm working with. When I'm telling you these are special people, you could hear what they have to say and you can make your own assessment. My role in Upward, I'm a co-founder. I'm the chief executive officer. Gave myself that title. It'll probably be, you know, when it comes to that, that is, you know, I always wanted to, to run an organization and I said, hey, good opportunity to be a CEO. So it's not to be arrogant. It was just, Hey, why not? And myself, Ramsey Kennedy, who is the chief operating officer, also a co-founder, but Ramsey, he is, uh, I can't even imagine doing this company without him hardworking, very astute. He is always coming up with ideals as I believe he's 21, 22. He's starting to gain that managerial experience, that leadership experience. I mean, I always tell him I can't imagine at 22 doing something like this because I kind of force him to, to be a leader kind of force him like say what you got to say don't worry about offending me you don't want to be quiet when you don't need to I want to thank my wife Jasmine Jones who was supportive of me creating upward enrichment service Uh, she's an awesome mom to my three children, which I mentioned earlier in the podcast. My three children are my inspiration to do Upward Enrichment Service, to do Trivium Dad Podcasts. Without them, none of this would have ever been a thought in my mind. I want to thank Ramsey Kennedy, who is a huge part of Upward Enrichment Service. And he brings a lot to the table. Ramsey and I have learned a lot from running this company when it comes to managing the financials, when it comes to um, marketing, when it comes to soft skills and talking to people. This company has, to me, already paid off because it just added more tools to my toolbox. I want to thank Patricia Arthur, who is my cousin. Me and her were competitors. Uh, We would always pick on one another. She really toughened me up as a kid. I have so much love for her. And she was the person that came up with the UES logo which I love that logo. She came up with it for free. 
because <laughs> I bullied her. <laughs> well, trust me, if you if you know our relationship, she, she's not going to be bullied by anybody. She just did it because uh, she wanted to. You know, that logo is dope. And she wrote a blog. So check out the blog on my website. With that said, follow us on social media, U-E-S-N-Y-S. Check out the website, UESNYS.com. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And thank you for listening.